We all know that when it comes to our stress response and creating resilience, exercise, nutrition, sleep and self-care are all vital factors in doing that. But today I'm joined by a wonderful guest who I think is going to show us that there's another dimension to all of this that we maybe haven't considered before. And that's around the idea of using energy work and creating a higher vibration for ourselves to help us use stress in a positive way while creating a resilient response that can help us to really grow and evolve. I think this is going to be a really fun one today. As somebody who could probably describe them as a bit sceptical of this kind of stuff, I've actually lately been enjoying reading about this, challenging my own view on it and learning more about how we can raise our own personal vibration to get more out of life. For sure, if I can open my mind to this, then anyone can. So join me today as we delve into how we can all uncover our unique gifts, understand ourselves better and use all of that to build better resilience. Welcome to the Busy Woman's Guide to Fitness and Wellness podcast, bringing you a weekly dose of fitness and wellness inspiration as we explore together how to get motivated and create a realistic and achievable way to stay active within a busy life while stepping away from guilt and the diet roller coaster for good. Together, we'll unpack some of the myths and unhelpful messages from the traditional fitness and diet industry so that you can find a better, kinder, more helpful way to fit exercise and wellness strategies into your life, improve your confidence and feel amazing. I'm your host, women's fitness and wellbeing coach, Alex Hubble, founder of ChickFit, mum of two, and a firm believer that exercise and eating well can go hand in hand with chocolate, wine, and lots of rest to create a happy life. You can find out more about me at chickfit.co.uk or head to my social media channels at alexchickfit. Before we dive into today's episode, I've got a little something to share with all of you. And this is particularly for any listeners from your early 40s and beyond, because starting this week, I'm launching a series of bite-sized podcast episodes called The Perimenopause Sessions. They're going to be coming to you every Wednesday and will be packed with loads of information and advice on that midlife transition. From what the heck the perimenopause actually is, to what's going on with that weight gain and the best exercise from your 40s and 50s, right through to why it's so, so important to create an exciting life plan right now. It's all in there and it's going to be amazing. All you've got to do is subscribe to this podcast and then every Wednesday you'll get the brand new episode dropping. I'll see you over there. Hi there and welcome back. This week is another fabulous interview episode and I'm kind of widening my horizons on this one a little bit, if I'm honest, because my guest today is a holistic astrologer and therapist, Jolly Knott. Now, I'm going to be totally honest with you. In the past, I've been guilty of maybe seeing this as a bit of a sort of woo-woo thing. You know, I'm generally a very practical person. You know, I, I feel that I'm very much grounded in sort of traditional science, I suppose you could say. And so the idea of things like energy work and vibrations that we send out to the universe hasn't really been on my radar at all. However, I am learning more about myself and I'm learning more about the work that I do on myself and how I can become more open to this. And it's definitely something that I am becoming more and more interested in, you know, particularly this idea that the thoughts, the feelings that we can send out to the universe can send out a very particular vibration and that that can in some ways determine what we get back from the universe as well. 
honestly, if you told me that I'd be saying this a couple of years ago, I would not have believed you. But I've started to see it in action from time to time. And I'm totally ready to have my mind open to this because I think it is such an interesting concept. Plus, Jolly has a lot of amazing things to say about how we can live more in alignment with who we really are, how we can nurture our own inner resilience more and live life with a bit more ease. And I'm 100% on board with her messages about how we can work with the nervous system to help make ourselves more resilient and open ourselves up to growth and self-understanding. So I really hope that you're going to be ready to come on this journey with me today. And I'm sure that Jolly will be able to open our minds and give us a brilliantly different perspective on the way that we think about ourselves and the way that we respond to stress without the overwhelm as well. So thank you for joining us, Jolly. Welcome. Thank you, Alex. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for inviting me. No worries. Now, as I said in the introduction, the things that you talk about around vibrations, energy work, managing our energetic space are things that are quite new to me. And like I said, I'm sort of still opening on working my working on opening my mind to this so I can get my words out. But I am becoming fascinated with it. I'm becoming much more fascinated with how this can work for me and how this can help me in my own life. So before we start, can you just tell us a little bit more about what you do and how you actually work with your clients as well? Absolutely. So I call myself a holistic astrologer mainly because my initial background was in Reiki healing and medical Qigong and aromatherapy. And I learned these three modalities when I was living in Japan. Fast forward, I'm here living in the UK with my husband and my daughter and our beautiful beagles. And I decided to transform my interest in astrology from a hobby to becoming a professional astrologer. And my goal or aim, I should say, is to really mix these um, modalities together through the lens of nervous system health to help people become more aware, more conscious of themselves in their environment and in their lives, really. And by doing that, I think you have all kinds of ripple effects. I think we become kinder people when we're more conscious, we make better choices, and it's a path to building resiliency. And from my perspective, resiliency is really what you want to manage the stress that we all have in our lives, to manage the curveballs that life can throw us. Yeah. And I think that's the really important thing, isn't it? I think that for a long time, it felt like the message was, you must get rid of stress. You must get rid of stress. And that feels really unrealistic to most of us, doesn't it? And actually what you talk about resilience is something that I've talked about more in sort of recent years, because I think that it's about understanding that stress is okay. Like stress has its place. We just need to learn how we can be more resilient to it, how we can maybe deal with it in possibly a more helpful way, I suppose. And one of the things that I've seen you talk about is the idea that stress is this friction that often initiates change. So what what do you mean by that? So I'm going to dip into the astrology just a little bit. For any of your listeners who are familiar, there is an aspect that is kind of line of vision between two planets in astrology that's called a square. It's it's a 90 degree angle between two planets in the natal chart. And a square is looked at as an invitation to struggle. Mm -hmm. It is a 
stress aspect. But the point is that it's not bad. It's an invitation to struggle and an invitation to learn. Mm. So when we have stress in our lives, it motivates us in a lot of ways to change something that we're not satisfied with or not content with. I often think about, digressing slightly here, but I often think about the word discipline Mm -hmm. and people think it means punishment Mm. or that it can translate to that. But actually, if you look at the root of the word discipline, disciple means student and discipline is a point of learning Mm -hmm. where we can learn something so that we can grow. So from my perspective, if we change our relationship to stress, we can stop looking at it, as you said, as something over there. It it reminds me of how we've demonized fat in the diet for all these years, like low fat, low fat, low fat. And now we're kind of getting evidence that, oh, actually maybe that's not quite on track. So it's, it's a similar thing. It's not no stress, no stress, no stress. It's no, how do I incorporate stress in my daily life, in the overarching themes of my life, so that I can work with it. Yeah. And I think that's so important, isn't it? Because I think that we have this message that all stress is bad. We must not stress. And if we stress, then we're doing something wrong. And it's kind of going, well, actually, yeah, okay. Some of the ways that stress presents itself in our lives where we maybe stay stuck, where we're doing the same things over and over again, where we're allowing that like the same patterns to keep emerging. Yes, that's not good. And we don't want to be living at this kind of level of constant stress all the time. But that doesn't mean that there can't be stress in our lives and that that can't lead us to change. And I think like you bring up a really important point is that we can do two things with stress, can't we? We can either take stress as, oh my God, this is a terrible thing. I need to not be stressed anymore, but not learn anything from it. Or we can take that stress and we can go, okay, this is giving me some information now. Let me slow down and listen to that. What is that information and how can I use that? So how would you say that that sort of shows up for people? So for example, let's say, this is an example for for myself. So every morning trying to get my newly minted teenage daughter (laughs) out the door on her way to school without having forgotten anything, she rides the bus. And so, you know, we have to get up at 6am. She has to be out the door at 7am prime time to forget things and and not, you know, have everything organized. And oh my goodness, the amount of stress it would cause myself and my husband, particularly my husband, who's really, really organized. However, what, what we realized is, okay, well, wait a minute, yelling at our daughter, hurry up, you're, you're, you're going to be late. You know, that's not helping her or us. And so it was kind of going, okay, this has gone on for too long. We need to take a step back. How can we manage the situation? Because the stress is obviously building to a point where it's kind of ruining my morning, for example. And so it was kind of like, okay, well, wait a minute. I can actually say to my daughter, hey, let me help you organize your book bag and let's put it by the front door. Mm -hmm. So that is something you don't even have to think about in the morning. And and even for myself, let's, okay, let's just get up five minutes earlier and just do like a really chill kind of like, I don't even know if you'd call it a meditation, but just just a chill sit down for five minutes whilst my body wakes up and my Mm -hmm. brain wakes up and then go and greet my daughter and say, hey, come on, got to get ready for school. You know, all these little changes that we can make 
start to add up to a really greater picture where all of a sudden you've managed this stressful morning that's not stressful anymore. And it is that that sort of idea. I talk about this so much, this idea of making little changes. Like we may want to kind of focus on the big stress in our lives and go, I must tackle that. I must tackle that. But actually maybe there are some little things like that. that you, you do every, you almost go through the motions of it every day without thinking about it. If you could take that information and use it as a way to, to inform how you go about it in the future, that's one little thing that is reducing that stress a little bit. And then you do the next thing and the next thing and you kind of tackle it a bit at a time, I suppose. There's a a wonderful book that you may already be familiar with by James Clear called Atomic Habits. I love that. I read it in the summer. I loved it. Isn't it a brilliant book? And I loved his analogy of like, you know, if you were flying a plane from LA and you only moved it a few degrees, it doesn't land in Washington, DC anymore. It lands in New York. And Washington, D.C. to New York is actually considerable distance. So, you know, you can affect big changes through small steps. And I think that's just such a, a key point to take on board, because when we do that, we're also building resilience within ourselves. My nervous system teacher, Irene Lyon, talks about nervous system capacity as like a a swimming pool. And all our worries and concerns and stressors are these beach balls of varying colors and sizes, and they rub up against each other. And you can imagine that in a closed swimming pool with all these stressors in them, if you try to put in another beach ball of worry or concern or stress, what happens? Other ones are going to pop out because it cannot. you cannot cram it in. So from a nervous system point of view, we have two things that we want to do. We want to build exit pathways, you know, where the balls can kind of come in and out. And really, we want to enlarge the swimming pool. We want to enlarge our capacity because then you have the ability, the capacity to take in stressors and get through them. And I think from there, I suppose, what I want to do is move on to talking a little bit about this idea of managing your energetic space. Because of course, you know, we all know exercise, nutrition, sleep, self-care, these are really important things to increase our stress resilience. But this is kind of another side of the coin, really. And what does that really mean? And how can that help us? How can that help us to build our resilience? Great question. One thing that I model that I'm moving towards is the idea that our existence here on earth is really, at the end of the day, an amalgamation of our physical self, our emotional self, our mental self, and what you can call your spiritual self, your soul self, your universal self, or just simply call your energetic self. When we look at a lot of the traditional energetic healing modalities, they all start off with this idea that there's an energetic template that we all have. And then as the vibrations become denser and denser and denser, it results in the human body or matter, I should say. So, you know, even for example, the idea of a table, a table is made up of wood. What's the wood? You know, you can, you can continue to go down the levels and we can say the table is made up of atoms, but if you look at an atom, it's mostly space. Mm. So how is the table solid? Mm. 
And the idea is the table's solid because it's vibrating at such a slow rate that to us it feels solid. Right. So if we think of our bodies as emanating finer and finer kind of energetic vibrations, that's kind of where you get this idea of an aura right? You get this idea that there is an energetic bubble that surrounds me. And, you know, it, it's fascinating to me. How many times have you walked into a room and kind of intuitively thought, I'm going to sit there. And then you kind of end up sitting next to someone really great that you have a wonderful conversation with, or you meet someone and you're like, I can't put my finger on it, but I just, there's something about them that bugs me. Mm. And what we don't realize is that we're exchanging information on the energetic level and then it's filtering down to us Mm. and we're unable to articulate that oh there's something not quite right here it's not a good fit Mm. now on a practical level what does this mean i guess from my perspective let me give you one example i had a client who had a, a stomach issue and she was saying okay I don't know what this stomach issue is. I, it's really bothering me. I've it's driving me crazy. I'm I've gone through all these tests. The doctors can't figure out what it is. And I said, "Oh, okay. Well, can we let let's rewind. When when roughly did you start feeling this? When did it start becoming a problem?" And she traced it back to the start of the year. And I know that she'd previously mentioned that at the start of the year, she had been let go from her very long time job. Mm -hmm. And it may sound or seem obvious when you talk about it, but to her, there was no connection. And what was actually happening is that in being made redundant, she felt like she was losing her identity and more importantly, her authority, which we say resides in the stomach area, in the solar plexus. Mm-hmm. And it, was, it just was so amazing to see the light go off in her eyes when it was like, do you think there could be a connection given that your stomach issues started right around the time you knew that you were going to be made redundant and then you were made redundant? and Did the symptoms intensify after that? She's like, yeah, they did. Oh my goodness. How did I not make that connection? So for me, that is, um, you know, there's a metaphysical level, a symbolic level of life that we don't always see because we're so focused on the material plane, on the physical plane, which is necessary. But what I'm actually positing is that we are able to actually multitask in that we could actually also think, well, what's my emotional reaction to this? What's my mental reaction to this? What is my energetic or soul, you know, spiritual reaction to this? Mm-hmm. When we can tie those levels together more effectively, we are effectively in alignment. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of where I'm coming from. And I think I'm really interested, particularly in this idea that uh, this idea of this like vibration or this like higher vibration that we can send out. So we can like we can either send out a very low vibration to the world or a very high vibration to the world. And, you know, like you say, that's that's why you can meet somebody who maybe has a has a low vibration and you get that sort of like mm, not sure about this person. There's something that's, that's off and you meet somebody with a high vibration and you you're like you're drawn to them. You're drawn to that person because they're, they're sending that thing out. So 
what exactly does that mean? And how can you heighten your vibration, I suppose? I think there's so many different ways. And of course, you know, looking after yourself, eating good foods, right? Exercising, those are so, so important. But eating good food, we recognize is important, but what about putting good thoughts and ideas in our heads? The content we read, you know, I'm just as guilty as anyone about, you know, social media scrolling, but I'm also very cognizant that there gets a point where it's just like I'm mindlessly doing it. I'm not actually consuming content, but I am. It's like, it's like eating crisps from a bag until the, and then you're like, oh, I finished the bag. Oops. You know, we need to really be aware, you know, one simple way that you can heighten your vibration is by being around, like choosing the people that you are around, Mm -hmm. choosing the content that you are consuming, and then really looking at the content that you're putting out into the world. Mm. You know, it might sound daft for some people. I know that some people are like, oh, you just want to take humanity out of it all. And and I really don't. But for example, if you are someone who's prone to looking at someone and, you know, noticing their flaws before anything else, Mm. catch yourself. Oh, wait, why am I doing that? Mm. You know, am I being critical because actually I'm really critical of myself. And it's that kind of feedback loop that we want to um, get into to manage our vibrations. Mm -hmm. And, you know, again, there's so many different ways of, of doing that. In addition to the eating well and exercise, you can meditate, you can Um, One thing I absolutely love, and I I understand this isn't for everyone, but is chanting. Mm -hmm. You know, sound medicine is something that is on the horizon. There is evidence that ancient cultures actually moved large objects using sound vibrations. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm not scientific enough to be able to explain how that might be possible. But the point is they're saying, we think this is what happens. Mm-hmm. And so if we think about sound and its effect on the body, well, I know for myself, I attended a sound gong bath once and it made a beautiful, beautiful um, impression on me. I tend to like chanting sessions because when I'm in a room full of people who are chanting the same thing, it's powerful. Like the sound literally lifts you Mm. into this ecstatic state. And, you know, you think about like the, all the monks and nuns in monasteries in ancient England or sorry, ancient cultures around the world, not just England, but um, where, you know, they used to, get up for vespers and all these other services and and chant mm. and that's because it it there was a spiritual component to it. It's really interesting, isn't it? And like you say, it's, you know, different things to different people. So for some people, it might, they might respond to that. For other people, it might be meditation. For other people, something else. 100%. But I think that, you know, ultimately what it sort of bringing it back in full circle is that by doing these things, you, you know, you're at, you're kind of adding to your toolkit of stress resilience, really, like add it to all of these other things. And almost, I suppose, being able to open, just even if it's just opening our minds to the idea that there is something more than just the practical stuff that we do for ourselves. Like you said, you know, really interesting what you said about the, you know, that you might instantly criticize, you know, in your own head, you might instantly criticize somebody and pick out their flaws. 
because that's what you do to yourself and you're so used to doing it. And I, and I know for me that I, I remember very consciously making a decision a long time ago that when I saw other women, for example, I wasn't going to pick out their flaws. What I was going to do is I was going to like look at them and think, oh, I like her dress or she's got a really nice haircut or like just being able to, and sometimes I do it. Like I literally, I walk around and I will like look at women around me and I'll, I'll, I'll like think in my head, oh, that haircut looks amazing on her or that I really love her shoes or, you know, like pick out that positive thing because then you start to, you know, not only do you send out that sort of positive vibe, I suppose, to the world, but it makes you feel more like you feel better in yourself that you are not... <laughs> you're not like just carrying this negative energy with you all the time so it could be something as simple as that right I love that 100% I I know that there's um one practice which is called metta so m-e-t-t-a meditation it's really difficult to do right Mm -hmm. where you find someone that you're really not getting on with that you're clashing with and you send them just love and compassion And a shortened version of that is when you're walking around the street, you know, I I find it's interesting. I I obviously have a dog and I, we we go for walks together Mm -hmm. and I'd say it's about 50, 50, the number of people who will meet my eye and say hello. And the number of people who are like, oh, I didn't, I'm going to pretend I didn't notice you. (laughs) Right. And regardless of their um, expression or lack of expression, a mini meta is to just simply wish them blessings, mm. blessings on your day. Yeah. And it is really, again, it's so powerful. I cannot explain it mm-hmm. other than to say that when you send goodwill out, it fills your own cup. Yeah. I love that. I'm going to do that. <laughs> uh, try, try it. I would love, I, I would love for you or any of your listeners to try it and, and, and give it some time mm. because, you know, at first it's going to feel a little bit hokey. And one of my favorite astrologers, Caroline Casey, says something that I think is great. And she says, believe nothing, but entertain possibilities. That's just it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Open your mind up, hey. Yeah, I think I think that's really interesting. It's, it's, it's almost like you can tell yourself, oh, think positive thoughts, think positive thoughts all the time. But actually, that I think that those are really practical ways that you can think positive thoughts without it feeling forced. Like you can just say, hey, what, you know, why can't I just send, you know, this positive thought to this person is a really nice way of just putting everything in full circle, I suppose, like putting it inside this circle in this space of, you know, yes, there's exercise, nutrition, et cetera, et cetera. There's the practical stuff, but hey, how about the way that I interact with the world and I speak to myself? That is so important as well. Right. So last but not least then, Jolly, can you just tell us a little bit more about where everybody can find out more about you? Thank you, Alex. I would love to. I do have a website. Mm -hmm. It's www.com bodhimindful.com. So B-O-D-H-I and then mindful, M-I-N-D-F-U-L. It's all one word.com. And I'm also under the same name at bodhimindful on Instagram. So I tend to post to Instagram a bit more regularly than I blog on my website. But um, 
The exciting news that I have is for anyone who's in the West Midlands from mm-hmm. your listeners, I'm about to launch, relaunch my in-person Reiki sessions in Leamington Spa. So they can again find that information on my website or through my Instagram account. Amazing. Awesome. So that's been brilliant. Like I say, I'm always up for learning new stuff and opening my mind to new things. And I've really loved getting a different perspective on kind of stress, resilience, and all of those kind of things. It is something that I definitely work with my clients on quite a lot. So this this maybe gives me some angles to explore that myself. And I know that everyone out there is going to have loved hearing from you. So thank you again to Jolly. What a fabulous guest. If you'd like to find out more about her, like she said, you can find her at bodymindful.com. I will pop the link into the show notes for you as well. So you can go and take a look and follow her. I hope you've loved this perspective on things as much as I have. Enjoy the rest of your day, whatever you're doing. And I will be with you again very, very soon. Thank you so much for joining me today for the Busy Woman's Guide to Fitness and Wellness. Don't forget to come over and join me on my social media channels at Alex Chickfit for plenty more inspiration.